everybody, welcome to another edition of My Darkest Hour, and thank you for joining us tonight. And if you're not with us tonight, thank you for tuning in with us over the weekend to follow, because it's one of those things, we check the ratings a lot, and there's a lot of you out there. Uh, I know Thursday nights are a little bit tough to get to, uh, but we do notice that the ratings go up over the weekends, which means you guys are at home relaxing enjoying the show finding out what's going on or you're just putting us on for background noise as you're cleaning the house and either way we do appreciate that i am stefan bergani is glad to be here with you guys tonight a uh, great show for the past few weeks we've been talking about uh this event that i'm doing here in, in california the pacific coast paraton i've had a lot of the speakers joining us, uh, whether it's here or whether it's on a couple of the other shows that we've done, talking about their events. And this moments, moments like this is when I like to just kind of put a spotlight on some of the people who are joining us and finding a little bit more about what they do and what they bring to the paranormal field. And in addition to that, you know, how they got started on it, because it's always an interesting story, whether people can relate to the same story, or if it's a totally different story that no one really expects to hear, uh, it's all good. So going with that, um, tonight is a, is a very special guest, Kedrick Olson, who you guys know is one of the instructors along with me at the University Magicus uh, that we do every week. And uh, what's really exciting for me about that is, um, He's a little bit different than a lot of the, the basic stuff that we see over and over again. Um, he not only looks really cool, because he looks like a total rocker like, like I do, and I, I, I totally get it. Um, but the years of experience and the things that he, he does uh, is really great. You, you know, he does um, a lot of ruins, a lot of the ruin stones and the practices of ruins, which uh, a lot of people don't do that much out here. But it's, I think I, I see it quite a bit in some of the, some of the metaphysical places and people starting to it, but they're not really deep into it. He's very deep into it. A lot of the um, the Norse traditions, so to speak. Uh, I was able to watch his work at uh, Father Sebastian's event in Vegas at Babylon when we were all there. Absolutely incredible. Um, just the energy that that he brings is is so intense. That it's just really good to have another person like that that, that that we talk to and communicate with on on that level and that aspect of things. So with that being said, uh, I'm really excited to bring him on right now. We're going to bring him out of the green room and we're going to have uh, Kater on right now. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Hey, thank you for that intro. That was really awesome. And I am super psyched to be here. This is going to be a good night tonight. I'm looking forward to this a lot. Absolutely. And you know what? Everything I just said is the absolute truth. And the people who follow me on this show, they know that. They're like, oh, he's not messing around. He seems to say that about this guy. This guy's got to be cool. So with that being said, if you'll see right here, I'm going to put up this little banner, right? And everybody needs to go to his website and check out all the things that he's got going on because there's a lot. And there's a lot of things that you guys aren't even thinking about that I think you're going to enjoy. You're really going to get into and don't forget to sign up for his classes at the university, okay? So just put that out there, too. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, I've got lots of classes, courses 
that I've put up on my website and some training and stuff we can do one-on-one, -on -one. but Hey, we'll get into that later. Let's yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So one of the things I like to ask of all the guests that come on the show is the very beginning, because everything starts somewhere um, when we go on this, this journey to explore, what was the, the thing that got you started on your path and your journey? Wow. The thing that got me started on my path and my journey was literally being born. I kid you not. It's, Sounds almost like a, a cliche, but my mom's obstetrician when she was pregnant with me is Dr. Robert Bradley, the inventor of the Bradley method, who had a very haunted house in the Denver area, did seances, it was a consultant on an old movie, old horror movie called The Changeling with George C. Scott. And some of the stuff in that movie is based on his life. So I, I was born into this. My parents took me to a spiritualist church when I was a kid. So I got this, you know, it's a typical Protestant church, but it ended with transmediumship on the stage. We had seances every Saturday night in the basement. I grew up in a house that was so haunted. You would set something down, turn around. It would be gone. You're watching TV back in the old days. You know, when you had to change the channel by hand, yeah. you'd be watching TV and you'd actually see the channel change while you're watching it. Oh, wow. Footsteps going up and down the hallway. I had guides, what I call whispers, teachers. When I was in elementary school, I was literally born into this. To me, the paranormal is a normal, natural part of our existence because I grew up with it, and it was just a constant thing for me for my entire life. And that's exactly it. You know, we talk about the stuff. Your experience, it's been a part of your whole life. It's been a part of my whole life. And so many of us were finding out it's been a part of their whole life. So when are we going to stop calling it paranormal? When it's not paranormal, it is normal. Let's it, just accept it and go with it. Move on. Exactly. You know, the supernatural is completely natural. The paranormal is completely normal. And, you know, in my years of working with people, and because I'm a paranormal trainer, I teach people how to coexist with the paranormal when I'm doing one-on-one -on -one or with classes. It's like I hear the same story over and over and over again. I grew up with it. And when I was a kid, I had this imaginary friend, which I realized wasn't imaginary. There was weird stuff going on in the house, but my parents shut it down. Uh, I went to try to talk to somebody at the church. They shut it down. I talked to the kids at school. I got laughed at, ridiculed, and shunned and shamed, so I shut it down. And it's come to my realization that, just like you said, the paranormal is completely normal. We're all doing it. It's everywhere. What's not normal is that we're getting people shut down from childhood, turning off their gifts, learning how to ignore this entire beautiful world that's all around us all the time. So you're absolutely right. It's completely normal. What's not normal is to not be a part of it. Not to accept it. Because I get it. A lot of people, their reality is what they can see, smell, and taste, and touch. Sure. you know, But there's so much more to this incredible world that they're not allowing themselves to accept and be a part of. When they open themselves up to this, you know, the world starts getting bigger. It's a bigger grand scale. Things start changing. Uh, death doesn't mean really anything. It's, it's, there is no, there's no ending point. It just exists and goes on and just transfers this huge, massive, beautiful thing that is so intense that our tiny little human brains can't really process it all. So we try to accept and learn as much as we can to deal with it but you know i i think it's sad because so many people are born with these gifts and like you said 
they grow up and they're just pushed down and squashing these feelings and emotions down and just going into their crazy nine to five world and paying taxes and living for the moment. And that's it. I think it's sad. They don't get to take advantage of everything they were given. Absolutely. Cause it is an amazing, immensely beautiful world that's out there. And wouldn't it be cool? This is one of the things to think about. Wouldn't it be cool if you're, trying to get a leg up in your world you're trying to get you know where's the path where do i go forward how do i get insight to what i need to deal with for this challenge that's going in front of me how do i get like a step ahead of my competition what do i do how do i help out my friends and my loved ones more what can i do with this but when you're trapped like you said like what you can see what you hear what you taste when you're just trapped here in the physical you don't get that extra insight But when you can tune in, when you can be a part of that and you have that awareness and you have the whispers, the guides, teachers there with you, it's just like, oh, that's what all that is now. That's cool. I can do this now. And it's like, oh, my my brother's having this issue. My sister's having this issue. My grandma's having this issue. Oh, really? I I hear you. I mean, I can do this and I can help them with that. Let's go do that. So it's amazing when we just tune in, just how much our lives change. And I've seen people's lives change when they open their abilities, they connect to it, and they're suddenly there in their capacity in their day-to-day world at a new level of existence because they're now open and aware and they can do more with it. It's amazing and beautiful. Absolutely. And like I said, it's a whole world out there of this and people need to accept it because it'll expand their world. Their, Their world is not that simple and that small i mean it's it's full of uh magic and wonder all around us just even you can really sense it even when you go out in nature deep into the woods or uh up in the mountains or near the ocean you can just feel the intensity of the magic and the energy that's in the air surrounding you it's, it's people need to learn how to utilize that and embrace that expand expand their horizons you know it's it's not so cut and dry in this physical world. You know, there's a big expansion going on. You got to live through it and experience it all. And I think that's important for people to grow spiritually. You know, they need to accept that instead of looking so with their blinders on nine to five, you know, that world is just going to kill them fast. And uh, I think everyone should live the best they can with, with what they have. Heck yeah, absolutely. Especially since it's a natural part of who you are. Yes, that's what I do. Uh, that's huge. So growing up, uh, everyone has their experiences. I had my experiences. I never thought it was weird to see Indians coming out of the, the basement and going upstairs in my sister's room. It was just one of those things. Uh, <laughs> but what about you as growing up? Was your parents on board with a lot of what you're experiencing and what you're you're going through? Yeah, actually, my parents were really cool about it. I hear all these stories from my clients and the people I work with about how their parents shut it down. But my parents, there was like this basement full of books, anything that you wanted to read, any sort of encyclopedia to books on the occult and magic. It was all right there available to me. And my parents knew what was going on in the house. My dad would be taking a bathtub and he'd hear the boots stomping down the hallway. And he's like, yep. You know, I'd be upstairs, everybody would be upstairs, and we hear a toilet flush downstairs. You know, my mom's music boxes would just all go off at the same time. This was just like such 
a regular occurrence. And my parents are like, okay, yeah, this is cool. And because we were going to the spiritualist church, they had a good insight and good training on what to do with it, how to deal with it. My, you know, when I was in junior high, my mom started taking me to psychic development classes. And when I started to try to explore other spiritual paths, other spiritual things, I wasn't quite sure where I was. I knew Christianity didn't fit me. And that was cool. My parents, my mom flat out introduced me to the local Wiccan high priestess. And, you know, I would regularly go to the new age bookstores and metaphysical bookstores, get stuff to make my own incense. I've been making incense since I was a kid. Yeah, you know, candles, anything I wanted, and now my parents are totally on board, totally cool with it. See, you're you're one of the lucky ones. I I'm fortunate to have that too. My my mother was all into the whole spiritual um, era and had all the like the, um, the all the Wiccan books I had, you know, all the reference books. Just like she had a friend in the '70s who owned a metaphysical store at that time. And her and her husband was a magician, so they had this like uh, magician store, metaphysical magic store, and we used to go there all the time. And I would get candles, and I, I got my first uh, tarot card, which was the writer deck. It's this mm-hmm. tiny little deck for like kids, and I still have it too. Nice. You know, yeah. So I was able to really get into that, and she helped me talk about things and experience things. And uh, I would tell her what things I was going through, and she would do the research on it. And goes, oh, that's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I grew up with as an example is when a spirit was trying to make contact me or coming into my proximity, uh, I would get this real intense pressure like on my head. And when it would be around me, it would almost feel like a kind of like a helmet, like a radar helmet. It was the weirdest thing. And I could tell where the energy of the ghost is. I'm like, Oh, right here. You know, and uh, certain things would happen. My mom would research and goes, Oh, that means that this spirit is trying to make contact with you directly. They're trying to tell you this or that. And it was just growing up at the beginning of, oh, okay, these people are trying to tell me things for some reason or, or express something to me, you know. Um, Help me with that. And like you said, you went to that, that, that development school. In California, there's a place called HMI, which was like a, a, a hypno-meditation type institute in the 70s as a small child. They brought me there for testing and hypnosis, hypnosis stuff. So I learned a lot about uh, energy expansion stuff like that and how it all kind of connects together it's, it's pretty wild you know when you think about it but then it's it's part of nature it's all going on but when you think about the mathematics of it it kind of overwhelms you like wow there's just so much more than i ever expected so that's that's awesome that you have that ability to share your talents and your gifts with your parents and they help you understand them so that's, yep. that's great. you know it's kind of funny though through it all is my sister is seven years older than I am. She refused to go to any of those classes. She refused to go to that church. She, for some reason, and this has always fascinated me to this day, has always been scared of the paranormal, wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Even though we grew up in that same house together, we experienced the same stuff where I would be like, wow, that was cool. Do it again. She would be you know, running out of the room, going, getting away from it. And even to this day, we grew up with it. She knows it's real. She knows it's there. But, you know, she sees me with a Ouija board or whatever. She's like, you know, that's going to be a problem for you. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a piece of wood with some paint. Why is it a problem? It's so, intention. Doesn't she understand that? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just it fascinates me how we could have the same, almost the same upbringing, because she refused to go to the classes of the church, but 
totally different paths, totally different views on the thing. And there's nothing I can say to her to convince her otherwise. So I just have to wish her well on that and say, hey, we'll meet on other territory and other places. But she wants nothing to do with it. Well, maybe Hollywood got to her. Maybe she just has that sense of fear. And then the stuff you see in Hollywood is just so over the top that everybody's just freaks out going, it's a Ouija board. I saw that in a movie once and everybody died. You're going to call it. These are, these are made by demons in a, in a warehouse somewhere. And you're going to, this is going to happen to that. It's like, no, this is a, a board with words on it. I get it. You can manifest energy into it because it's a piece of wood, but it's all about intention. I'm, I'm not trying to, open a doorway to contact a demon. I want to just do this with my guides and blah, blah, blah. Because people always seem to forget that we're not on this journey alone here on this, on the dirt ball down here. We all have our spirit guides with us. There's there's beings of love around us. They're always saying, Hey, you know, be careful of this, but make sure you do this because this will really help you. That kind of stuff. And people just shut themselves down from that because they're afraid of what they don't understand. Exactly. And I think you're right. I think Hollywood absolutely got to her because part of my story of how I got into this and part of my development was at seven years old, I spent the only night I ever spent at my grandmother's house. And this is back in the day when she had HBO through a satellite dish and the exorcist had just come out on HBO my nice. sister, you know, she was 14 years old. I was seven years old. She really wanted to see it. My grandma's like, okay, you know, how bad can it be? Well, for a seven-year-old, I'm sitting there going, oh, she said I was a zombie for three days while my parents were having a vacation away. And I distinctly remember to this day that as I went to bed in this strange bedroom for the every time for the first time ever that I was consciously aware of what my consciousness felt like. I was consciously aware of what it felt like to go to sleep and I would make myself go to sleep in stages. So it built like this layer that I built the skill set in me about being aware of my consciousness about what it felt like to communicate with other spirits and what it felt like to go through these various states of consciousness into sleep, which became very indispensable going forward into the future because like you said when you have when you're communicating with spirit it feels like that helmet that bubble around you for me it's kind of like this weird tingling almost goose vibe that i get goosebump vibe that i get so it's like i'm feeling lighter i'm feeling like this upward work and i can feel different part of my brain activated whether it's my imagination or if it's a spirit communicating to me and that came from that critical moment of the exorcist where my sister must have just shut it down completely, I internalized it and I said, okay, how do I work with this and how do I make this happen? Now, mind you, it still affected me when going to that church because when we were doing seance in the basement, I was still thinking about the exorcist. You know, I'm still like going, oh, oh, this is scary. This is scary. This is scary. And then, you know, after probably the 10th time, Probably after the 10th time, it stopped being scary and eventually kind of got to be boring because it was the same thing over and over again, the way they did it. But that's kind of one of the critical things I teach people sometimes when we get into like some of my seance classes and my Black Mirror courses is we engage that fear. We look at that fear and we get to the other side of it so that it's no longer a problem. 
so that you can start looking at what the paranormal really is instead of what Hollywood is telling you it is. That's exactly it, you know, and that's why I love horror films because they're not really scary. To me, they're funny. I sit there and just watch, go, oh my God, it's like, I mean, you know, it just overhyped all this stuff and it, it does something to to people's psyche. But the Exorcist is a perfect example. Uh, a lot of people freaked out over the omen and stuff too. It's funny because you mentioned the changeling and I saw that as a little kid and that that freaked me out. Oh yeah. You know, my dad too. always wanted to do these horror films and he always took me along with them, you know, and and I saw that one. And uh, you know, just it was just the unknown. It was scary. I'll like people are running and people are afraid. The wheelchair comes to the top of the stairs and stuff, and I'm like, Oh my god. You know, you know? but that, that's Hollywood. Uh I've seen some intense strange things in my, my 30 years of paranormal investigation. Uh, but I haven't seen anything to that extreme. I mean, if I was in an asylum and a wheelchair started chasing me, that would be the greatest thing for me. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you're kidding that our film? Come on, yeah. You know, I'm going to beat you. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's awesome. But I just don't, yeah. I don't see that all the time. A lot of spirits aren't wasting that much energy trying to freak you out. You, when you go to a paranormal investigation, they decide right away if you're a cool person or not. If you're cool, they might hang out with you and do stuff with you. If you're not, they're going to go wait in the other rooms until you take off. So it's, it's kind of like that. Well, hey, that's my first rule of paranormal interaction. I've got a list of about seven, eight rules of interacting with the paranormal. And the oh. first one is similarities attract and perpetuate. Whatever your mind state is, is reflective of your energy state around you. And that's what, you, what you're going to draw to you. So if you're going to go in in a fear state, if you're going to go in thinking this is awful and terrible and scary and demonic activity, either one, you're going to draw that kind of stuff to you. Or two, if all the spirits there are like, what the heck? They're, they're going to want nothing to do with you. But yeah. if you go in open-minded, you go in chill, you're having a good time with it, which is rule number two. Don't take it so seriously. Have fun with it. If you go in there having fun with it, you know, not taking it too seriously, you're going to have a whole lot better time dealing with these things than otherwise. Absolutely. And I, you know, I've learned that from over the years. And I think a lot of people do. I remember a time in paranormal investigation, especially when they started doing a lot of the reality TV stuff, they were always trying to, you know, we're coming in and we're taking over. We're going to dominate this location. You spirits better listen to us. We heard you're not a very good guy. I'm challenging you. You better come out here right now. I mean, really think that the spirit's going to be like, oh, yeah, let me just come out there and, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw down right now. No. You know, they're going to take off. It's not going to work like that, you know. And then when you should try to show them some respect, you know, you, you always let them know, you know, I'm not here to, to, to do anything. We're not going to hurt you. I just want to spend some time with you. Maybe if you want to tell us your story, we can, you know, memorialize you. We can tell your story. and People will come and visit you and blah, blah, blah. One of the greatest things that I, I think I've noticed lately is, um, I have that theater that you're going to come in a couple of weeks and check out. Mm -hmm. uh, I've investigated there for years doing different things. And one of the best times I had, I just decided, you know, I'm always doing this stuff, filming and, and recording all these uh, investigations at the theater. And they're always so great and they're interactive and they're hanging out because they've gotten used to me. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship thing. I decided to say, Hey, you guys, you guys have been so great that next week I'm going to come in here and we're going to do something just for you guys. 
we're going to have a music party right here in the theater for you in, in your honor. And the theater goes back, it's almost 100 years old. So we set up a bunch of equipment, we got our cameras out, and the SLS cameras and everything. And I started playing music from each era, every every decade. You know, I started with the like late 20s music, 30s, flapper style stuff, um, all the way up. But when I got to the 40s wartime music, like the Andrew Sisters and all that, that big boogie woogie stuff, oh my God. Dude, we got so much stuff going on. There was lights that like we had all the K2s and all the meters going. There like on the stage, just random spots, and there were things just blinking. And we're looking at the SLS cameras, and we can see stick figures like leaning against the fence right in front of the, or the gate, snapping their fingers and tapping their feet. Nice. It was just like bingo. All of a sudden, they were all dancing and having a party, and we were able to catch it all on film and just. It makes that difference, you know. I'm not trying to go in there and do something selfish just to get something for me. I'm doing something for them, and I want them to have fun. It's all about them, and the activity went crazy. So I think that's one of the things we need to learn in paranormal. Don't be selfish or be like that. Go there and enjoy the spirits and make the spirits have fun because you're not just investigating for the client to the house, you know, uh, if it's a private investigation or whatever. It's also that spirit, you know. What do right. they need? What can you do for them? Honor them. Talk to them. It's it's a it's a combined joint effort. So uh, honor them and have some fun with it, and they'll have fun with you. Absolutely. And I've been looking forward to coming out to the Majestic since you told me about it back in Vegas when we met. And I am super psyched to be there in June to finally get to see and feel the place out. Now I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, I think you're gonna have. So, yeah, what you said is absolutely spot on because when we're dealing with, for want of a better term, ghosts, we're still dealing with people. So yeah. we treat people with respect, with dignity, just like we treat with each other. And that's one of the things I teach people when doing a private consult for the home. I don't do investigation work. I teach people. But when I come to their home to do like a house clearing, in truth, it's more always along the lines of how do we get along with each other? And I teach them, just talk to them like they're a regular person. You know, hey, George, can you not turn on the light in the middle of the night? You know, I was helping a guy out who, in his uh, computer room, there was something always messing with a printer and flipping on the light switch and messing with that. And it turned out to be just a little kid going, ooh, what's all this stuff? So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do a house clearing here. I'm not chasing this kid out of here. Yeah. Here's how we're going to, here's how you're going to work with him and connect with him. And have a great time with that kid. Yeah. You can be the kid of the house. I mean, people don't need to do that. They, they start running in there with all their, their white sage. And it's like, wow, that's that's like wiping everything down with bleach. What are you guys doing? You don't even know what's here yet, you know? You're going to chase grandma out of the house? That sucks. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And when people run into problems because they are chasing, and I've had this, I've had people who have had some real issues in the house and it's because they're either trying to kill the spirit or chase it out of the house or get rid of it. And I go right back to rule number one, similarities attract and perpetuate. If you're going to go head to head with this thing, the more you fight it, the more it's going to fight back with you and the more problems you're going to have. So why not learn how to peacefully coexist with it, to share energy, to ask it what it needs, ask that spirit what it needs, how you can help him or her, them, what they need 
and then share that energy together instead of trying to kill it and run it off. And then all of a sudden, when they have that shift in attitude, which, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about this here. It's called the compassion shift. When you have that change in energy, it changes everything. So the compassion shift is actually something I learned from Dr. Robert Bradley in his story about dealing with the, the little boy that was in his house where he was afraid of it. He was deathly afraid of it because he was believing all of the stories about demonic side of paranormal. And so some of the things that you saw in that movie, you know, like the mirror breaking and glass getting into his neck, he still has, well, he's dead now, but he had a scar in his neck where that glass broke. There really was something trying to push him down the stairs. But meanwhile, it's not that little boy. It wasn't the boy. It was his fear and generating that energy that was coming back at him, giving him these problems. And when he learned that it was a boy and the tragic circumstances that that boy died under and what that boy was experiencing as a spirit, he had a change of heart. Instead of having this moment of, oh my God, what are you going to do to me? It turned into, oh, is there a way I can help you? That compassion shift changes that energy from, oh my God, I'm going to get you, or here, like, go get me, to, oh, is there something we can do to work together? How can I help you? That I've seen change bad haunted house situations into good haunted house situations, like overnight, just by changing the attitude. It's amazing. And that's exactly it. It's coexistence, you know? Uh, yes. It's, it's one of those things, like, Personally, I'd rather be in a haunted house than any other house. Sometimes I go to places that are not haunted, and it just feels like an empty box. When I'm around other spirits, it, it, things feel more lived in. It feels more cozy. It's just one of those things with me. Hotel rooms, I prefer it haunted. Yep. Yep. So, same thing. You know, it's not something scary. It's something that there there might be another energy there that I'm experiencing, and we're we're coexisting together. You know, they might want to talk. You might want to show me something. Uh, there's so many possibilities. and it, It's just working together and existing in this plane um, as energy forms coexisting together. It's, it's just a better world. Absolutely. You'd love this place. When I first moved into this office a couple of years ago, this isn't my home, by the way. This is actually office where I see clients. Cool. That When I started doing the first seances here, I was having practical full-body apparitions. It was blowing my mind just how visible the energy was in this place, just how strong it was. And it's mellowed out since then, but it's still like a really amazing place to work. Well, it's probably like a, a grand opening, so to speak. You're there, you set up shop, everyone's, you know, seeing that energy and they're like, oh, what's this over here? Oh, let's stop by. Oh, look at all this. You know, it's just like one after another. And then after, you know, it starts tapering off a little bit, but you get the ones that are, really enjoy coming back and being in that environment again. But it, it's just like that. You're putting out that energy. They're, see, they're seeing that light. They're drawn to it. And uh, once again, you know, they're making, they're changing the energy of your place. You're affecting their energy. It's a coexistence kind of thing. Uh, and I think it just works out better for everybody. If everyone was able to accept that. Heck yeah. And one of my favorite regular visitors, and she's here now, is a lady called Maria. I first bumped into her when I was teaching somebody how to use a Ouija board in here. And she kept coming through. And the more I worked with her, the more her story unfolded that she grew up in a very strict Catholic family. 
And the stuff that we were doing in this room would she was told it was satanic and it was horrible and awful that it was the work of the devil. But now she's on the other side, on the other side of seances and she's having a blast with it. She thinks it's like the funniest thing ever. She thinks it's a great time because now she gets to see seance from the other side. She's like, what is this? This isn't scary. What, what, what are these people saying? And she's a blast yeah. to work with like that. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, that's part of the discovery of things, you know, like you said, uh, with the Catholic religion, uh, stay away from everything because everything's taboo. Uh, and I get it. They want to train you early not to go out and venturing because you might get in trouble doing something, whatever. Uh, but once you get to a certain point in your life and you're looking for that expansion, you start looking over the fence and you're saying, oh, there's nothing bad out here. You know, I mean, you, your gut instinct will tell you when something's bad. Everybody's got that little bit of psychic ability about them. When something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. You know, I've been in some pretty crazy, scary places, and I feel that thick, intense energy on you, especially when I'm doing asylums and stuff. But then you come across these energies of peace that you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, this I'm tingly now. Oh, this doesn't feel too bad. What's what's going on here, you know? That's the spirit's energy trying to connect with your energy. Your, your, the tentacles that we have out, the feelers, or touching other feelers and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, this is not too bad. Sure. You know, it's not all, it's not, everything's not all scary. So, and uh, I'm glad that she was able to experience something like that and see if there's something different about the world than what she's been told by the church or what she sees in Hollywood and stuff like that, because there's a, there's a whole world out there. Exactly. And then I'm, I turned 50 this past year. And so in my 50 years of working with the paranormal, it's funny that I can, I can literally say that because I was born into it. In my 50 years of working with the paranormal, the, really the only times I've seen anything scary was actually human generated. Oh, yeah. We are, yeah, we're amazingly powerfully creative people. And so when we go into these places where there's, you know, the asylums or the abandoned hospitals and we encounter that big, dark, scary thing, Yes, it's absolutely there. Yes, it's absolutely real. And it's human generated. And so if you can treat it with just as much respect and care as you would a normal spirit, it'll leave you alone. And that's where you get to that other side. Like you were just mentioning, you get through that big, scary thing and it's not going to be a problem anymore. Yeah. and Because the big, scary thing, once it has a connection and understanding, it might not end up being so scary after all. Exactly exactly and that kind of gives me a little bit of a soapbox if i can because i like to bring a little bit of the soapbox everywhere i go a little bit there is a a couple that i probably shouldn't name so i won't name them but you'll probably guess who they are back in the 70s did lots of paranormal work was very famous for it and but they were demonologists and you know just like a hammer every problem is a nail to a demonologist, every experience is demonic activity. And when I talked to some of the people behind the scenes, the people who encountered these real things, it's almost like there's this common refrain. Yeah, there was definitely stuff going on in the house. Yes, it was weird. And yeah, it freaked us out a little bit at first, but it wasn't scary. It wasn't bad until these two showed up and then they did their thing and then things got really horrible. And I'm like, oh. Because they came in and started slapping everybody in the face saying, what, you're a demon, you're a demon. It's like, oh, what? Yeah, 
You yep. can't you can't do that. You know, wait until you know it's a demon before you bring in the demonologist. Because exactly. if you bring a demonologist early, everything's a demon. Look at that, that candle moved. Oh my gosh, we gotta bless the house. No, no, just chill out. I mean, like you said, it could be the spirit of a young kid playing around going, Oh, what's this thing? I'm gonna touch this, you know. That simple. It's 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 not there's not one of the big 13 generals coming in and they're taking over and all of a sudden hell's unleashed on earth. I have done two demonic cases. Yeah. And and I hate saying this because there's going to be a time I'm going to do one and it's going to be a different scenario. But they had no interest in hurting people or possessing anybody. Uh, one we experienced at a cemetery passing through and it was the energy off it was incredible. I've never experienced it. It was just like this wave of like energy, and it was warm, and it, it smelled pretty bad, but it wasn't giving off some type of uh, how they give those 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 um, sense of fear. They they, mm -hmm. they freak you and they try to scare you, and well, none of that was happening, and we can see it. It was like. You know, when you're looking at the open road, you see that shimmering, looks like a, a mirage of water. It was yeah. kind of like that in the air. We could see through, and it was kind of like that, and it was huge. It was just like cruising through, and it had no interest in us. It didn't hurt anybody or do anything. It was going somewhere to do whatever it wanted to do. Um, the second one was intense because somebody was messing with it, of course, but it was, tell, it was telling us that it's... It, uh, looking for knowledge it was try it's, its purpose is to gain information learn things blah 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 it wasn't interested in possessing anybody or harming anything and this was uh during um uh the harvest festival where, where you know halloween was out we were doing the dinners and we were doing our spiritual gatherings and it was during that time and it, it just wasn't aggressive it just didn't care like how in the movies portray everything to be so bad and there's scratches and it's trying to grab your soul. It wasn't anything like that. It had its purpose, just like we have our purpose and it was wanted to go on and do its thing. It's like, okay. Yep. And that's a balance of life. I'm, you know, I've also encountered an angel, which was one of the most craziest intense things that ever happened to me because the energy it, it, it showed us was like, being like an attractor beam of peace. It was the weirdest thing at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, me and two other people were talking, and we were like in this zone. It was all, I, I, I guess it was kind of violet color, like purple. Makes sense. And all, and all we can smell was fresh cut, like gardenias. Gardenias. If you ever go into a funeral home and they have a fresh cut flowers, that super sweet smell. It's four o'clock in the morning and we're on a sidewalk outside the theater and there's this purple light on us, this beam, and we're just caught up in this smell and this, this this sense of peace. And we're just like, what's going on? What is this? I don't know, but I don't want it, I don't want it to go away. I mean, it was just so intense. It was there for you know a few seconds and then it just kind of moved on. And we're like, what the hell was that? That was crazy. And it was just magic, you know, it's just an interesting interesting thing but nothing aggressive or hurtful you know at the same time absolutely that's one of the things that isn't off spoken of but in classical demonology you know we've got the 72 demons of the goetia or the false hierarchy 
that are the counter-reflective of the 72 names of God. Well, where they came up with all of these demons is they are the pre-Semitic deities. They were like the Macedonian, the Canaan, all of the, the religions that were around in that area before the Semitic religions took hold, before they came in. And as you know, every conquering culture demonizes the pre-culture to it. Well, then we get to the Middle Ages and anything that they could, these books basically were their horror stories. You know, the Malif, the Maleficarious, ah, the, you know, the witch book that I can't speak today. Suddenly the name has completely escaped me to pronounce it correctly. Hey, maybe that's a sign. No. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't mention that. Don't tell them. Yeah. But all of these books were like the horror stories of their time. So they were made as horrible and as awful as they could. And so they further demonized these deities of these ancient religion, these ancient cultures. And quite honestly, if you've got this being that is a deity that was revered as a deity, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be wise. And like you said, looking for knowledge, looking to teach, looking to understand, looking to grow. That's what a lot of these demons are listed as in the Goetia. You can call upon this one for science. You can call upon this one for mathematics. You can call upon this one for astronomy. It's like, wait, what? I thought these were supposed to be horrible and awful and destructive, not, you know, good for my homework. So, <laughs> but when you come across these things that are thousands of years old, powerful, and have that much knowledge, they've got better things to do than throw around things in somebody's house or get inside the body of a little kid and flop around and cuss and puke and make somebody's life a living hell. That's yeah. not what's going on in those cases. Those entities are like, mm, Got better things to do with our time. Yeah, We're not messing with you. Yeah, these are these are way more advanced, intelligent beings, and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's totally that's rude." I mean, I got I'm not going to do that. Why would they do that? It doesn't sound exciting at all. Just to 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 strike back at God or something. I mean, I don't think I don't think that's what their plan is. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah. Hollywood loves it. So exactly, and I I think that's the. The number one thing we have to keep in mind when dealing with the paranormal is Hollywood and the TV shows seem to always get it wrong. I, I even hate to say it, but a lot of the paranormal investigation shows, I watch these things and I just, uh, that's what kind of got me into teaching the way I teach now, by the way, is I was talking to Patty about it, telling her how much I cringe at some of these shows sometimes. And she was like, well, you know, your direct experience and what you're knowing, you should be teaching people, you know, and was working with the folks in uh, New Orleans, the, the, the Nope team, New Orleans Paranormal Experience, working with those guys out there and the issues that we're facing. And I'm like, oh, sure, here, here's what you do with this. And here's what you do with that. And here's how you take care of that. And they're like, huh, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? So it's kind of what got me into really training people to coexist with the paranormal because it helped me realize I had a lifetime of this experience. This is natural, normal for me. So I thought everyone else could understand it. And I'm like, nope. So I'm here trying to teach and fill those gaps of what you see in the movies telling you how it works versus how it really works and what you can do to connect with it. So now I see a lot of my clients that thought, you know, here's Hollywood and here's how it works and they hear their experiences and they're like, they're not even the same. It does spirits don't even work that way. And now they can watch those horror movies now, just like you and I do. And we laugh our way through it. Or I roll my eyes and go like, oh, 
God, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do it all the time. I'm watching a movie and I'll be like relaxing and something will happen. I'll be half asleep and I'll be like, that's stupid. You know, it's like, it's just so over the top ridiculous. Like who writes that stuff? Obviously they're not really thinking about it, but they're not trying to, they're not trying to understand it. They're like, Oh, we got to think of things that will just freak people out and be scary. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like, Come on. guys. Yeah. That, that's why sometimes it's like, I, I went to a concert a couple of years ago talking with a lady who collects Ouija boards and she told me she never had a paranormal experience in her life. And I'm like, what? And you're collecting Ouija boards? Why? And she kept describing, you know, basically what she was seeing in the movies. And none of this had ever happened to her. And so I would be, when I encounter this, I'm like, have you ever had that time when you're sitting at a green light wondering why you're still sitting there? Why you can't go? Or you have that weird push, that weird thought to do this or do that. And then you go do it and things work out well for you. That's a paranormal experience. Yeah, exactly that. That's people don't even understand. I think that the paranormal has to be like, you know, furniture flying at you and stuff. It's like no, right? A lot of times, it's just that subtle thought, that subtle feeling, that time when you might be sitting at home by yourself in the dark watching TV. Now you're thinking about grandma, and you have that wonderful, warm feeling that you used to feel whenever you hang out with grandma. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that was a really wonderful experience. I remember that time when we were baking cookies together. Well, that is a paranormal experience. That is not just your memory popping up. That is grandma going, hey, remember that time we did this? That's yeah. what a paranormal experience is really like. Not a book flying off the shelf and the voice going, get out. Yeah. Like, subtle really? and they're calm and they're gentle. And they're so subtle that we're so used to our five senses being like in our face that we tend to miss the subtle communication as a paranormal experience when that's really what it was. Yeah. Grandma's passing by checking in on you. You know, she's doing a house call. What's going on? My mom does that all the time. That's you know, awesome. Especially in, in my house where I'm at right now, I've got about eight spirits in here, you know, and a lot of them are my wife's family. And some of them are my family, you know? So it's almost like we have house guests like all year round. I'm in the office, right? This is my office. You know, I've got all my guitars and my music awards and stuff. Um, but all the time there's banging on the closet door, like serious, like banging. And uh, it's my uh, sister-in-law who I've never met, Renee, and her, her boyfriend, fiance, who passed away. Uh, and I know it's them because we were able to set up cameras and I saw her coming through the door. I've seen her shadow on the wall with her, with her hair and stuff. I mean, it's a common thing. And then my, my wife's ex is hanging out here sometimes and he's hanging out in the kitchen or down the hallway. Uh, which you have all these, these spirits. My, my wife's dad shows up when sometimes when I'm in the bathroom, I could just smell this overwhelming sense of, uh, oil and diesel fuel because he was a truck driver so we always had he was always working on his truck so we smelled like diesel oil and stuff like that so when he's around you get this whiff of it and i'm like oh hey what's going on ted you know that kind of stuff so i bet majority of people who have family have passed have some kind of paranormal experience and don't even realize it because all these energies that we've tied to ourselves with throughout our lives 
we all stay connected whether we have a body or not. It's not about the physical form. It's about the energy matter that's connected. That's absolutely correct. And that's where that similarities attract and perpetuate. You're feeling them. You're connecting with them. They're there. And that moment when you have that weird memory, that weird smell, especially smell, you know, you can remember the the cigar smell or the pipe smell or the perfume, the favorite flower, or you hear the sound of it. That's that's what it is. That's what it's like. And I've got a really freaking bizarre question for you. And who knows? Maybe this is just my imagination, but we'll sure. see. What is with like the monkey, the organ grinder monkey thing going on? Because there's like a monkey that's like hanging out there. And every time I try to tap into that, I keep seeing like the old fashioned organ grinder, like circus kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. So in my garage and it's getting cold in here. Who's coming in here right now? Give me the spirit of one of our dogs because it's a low cold energy and it's right at my legs and I'm like, I'm just freezing. Anyway, I have in my garage uh, a large collection of haunted items that I have helped people get rid of because they just don't understand or they freak, it freaks them out. And it doesn't freak me out because I know they're not really that bad. So I have this little thing in my garage that I have all set up. And I do have uh, one of the old school monkeys that has like the little chime thing going on. And you, yeah, he's out there. He's probably trying to tune in to what's happening in here right now. He might be okay. taking up on you trying to trying to stop by and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a few of my haunted dolls in here. I have I have my uh, Annabelle back there who's super awesome. Nice. Uh, so I I just like I said, you know, I'm all about spiritual energy, and I have a collection of some haunted items that seem to be okay here. There's never been a problem, and they seem to fit in well. And uh, family visitors, you know, they're all kind of doing their thing. So that's cool you picked up on the monkey. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) The funny is his energy is curious but mischievous at the same time. He's like, he wants to play in those boxes behind you. Oh, yeah. Explore those boxes. Uh, I sit in here at night, and I just, it sounds like a cat going through stuff, and there's nobody in here. That's your monkey. Stop it. I'm trying to do this right now. That's your monkey, man. He's totally curious and playful. Yeah. Yes. Another thing, and uh, likes to hide, play with toys, and move stuff. Keys. Yeah, right. Uh, Sometimes that's not a very convenient thing. Find keys, like, in random places, like, stuffed in my shoes. Like, my shoes are laying on the side over there. All of a sudden, they'll just end up in my shoes. Like, what? (laughs) How will they get in my shoes? That doesn't make any sense. So, and that's another thing to be warned about when you come out to the theater. Don't lay your keys out on your table or whatever, because uh, there's a lot of spirits there. It could be up to 100 at some times, some moments. That used to be a big vaudeville theater and stuff, and um, my band rehearses there. And there are times when we feel like, we just feel the energy change in the room. And it's like, they're trying to watch a movie or watch a show, and we're standing in their way, and they're like... Uh, trying to get us out of the way. I've actually walked by the bar on the top level from the restroom going back down to the stage and uh, Chester, one of the one of the really big, well-known spirits there is like shouting at me, telling us, telling us we're too loud and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's just kind of grumpy and I get it. We are loud. So we're a rock band. But, yep. uh, you know, he'll pick up stuff and he'll move stuff and he'll hide stuff just to get a reaction out of you because he's a 
what he does. Chester, the, the prankster. <laughs> yep. I've actually worked with a lot of clients that have that going on. And most of the time, it's actually, uh, it's not the case for the theater there, but in their homes, it's nature spirits, little house spirits that yeah, are not go. humans. They're just little natural entities that just mess with our stuff. And I tell them to put a little altar up, give them their own little shinies, their own little happy things, give them a little bit of honey, a little bit of milk or something, or whiskey sometimes. And they find out that makes them leave their stuff alone. Everything's cool after that. It goes back to respect. Exactly that. You know, and it's funny you mentioned the whiskey or or, or, or that stuff. I have a, uh, I've been doing some uh, dragon magic with uh, one of my golems, whose name is Puff, and I bring him a lot of places with me. Here's Puff. Nice. Uh, Patty gave him to me a long time ago, and he's really come a long a long way. And he drinks whiskey. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there'll be nothing going on here and I won't smell anything or whatever, but sometimes I'll be sitting here doing stuff and all of a sudden this big whiff of like the alcohol hits me. But it's not there. Like, wasn't there 10 minutes ago? It's not happening five minutes from now. It's just this big whiff. So I think that's him kind of charging up and sending that energy out and, and like, because he drinks this stuff, it goes by pretty quick. So maybe that's him just connecting with it and utilizing that energy. And I'm smelling the 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 residue from whatever it is, the transference of energy from it. But that's pretty interesting. Absolutely, I'm betting one of your strongest senses from what you've described in our in our talk here in our discussion is I bet you've got a really strong sense of Claire Gustin's that that smell, the smell sense that you're able to pick up a lot of the spiritual energy through smell. I, used to have an old friend that was her primary psychic ability she knew when there was a spirit around because the smell would change in the room my clairsentience would kick on and i'd feel the spirit in the room and then we could have a conversation around that one so yeah. i'm betting claire gustin's is really strong with you probably i smell a lot of stuff i smell a lot of old perfumes and stuff when i'm, I'm connecting with with people and places that i go to um yep. but i still at the same time i see spirits I don't know if that's part of a, a psychic thing because the spirits that I'm around are so strong. They'll just, you know, the Chester guy I'm talking about, I've seen him just walk right through a wall, like plain as day, like something you see on TV. It was amazing. I see him walking through uh, the restrooms upstairs. I see him time and time. He just doesn't, he's just not shy and he's really strong. Um, and I, I, I've heard my dad's, right out talk to me in the from the backseat of my car and my daughter was in the car before and she goes who's that and i'm just like uh dad what are you doing here he's supposed to be doing flying or doing something cool you know what do you what do you say in the backseat because this is a strange story and this is how it all began uh my father just passed away not that long ago and me and my daughter were going to the store and um i was backing out and I looked around, there's nobody around, so I'm backing out. But I happened to tap the back of my car on a, a shopping cart. Ah. And I, I tapped it, and all of a sudden, my dad's voice comes out of the back seat of my car going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and my daughter goes, what was that? And I get out, I'm looking around, there's nobody outside. And I get back in the car, and I'm like, Dad, what are you doing here? I mean, you're supposed to go do whatever it is you want to go do. This is your moment. But he's like, he doesn't know what to do yet. So he's hanging out with me and is sitting in the backseat of the car because we're going shopping. It's like, dad, go fly. You know, um, 
but that happens. You know, you got through that transition period of you're not sure what to do or what's going on. Yep. And I always say it's kind of like that movie Ghost, where Patrick Swayze goes into the subway and sees the other ghost, and he's trying to tell him, teach me lessons on how to be, you know, do this stuff, how to move stuff, how to, whatever, you know. After a while, you learn your abilities, and then you're just yep. kind of cruising everywhere and seeing everybody and doing whatever you want. Believe uh, it or not, I've still never seen that movie Ghost, but one of the movies that I really like the way they show the transition is is What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams oh, and Cuba yeah. Gooding Jr. Absolutely. Where everything's fuzzy and he's a little bit clueless, but he can pop from place to place to place just by thinking about it. And then he goes to his own place and he's literally creating his own place in the afterlife and has to learn how to walk and function and how the physics are all different. So absolutely, that transition period is a lot of training the way i kind of equate it is when we're born into a body we have to learn now how to walk to talk to eat the function and the physics of this world when yeah. we get rid of the body now we have to learn to do the same thing where the physics and time are completely different in another world so it's a there's an infancy on the other side while we transition over too absolutely it's kind of like that avatar you gotta learn how to use your machine because that's pretty much what we are where this energy matters we're energy forms in these machines that help us function in this strange 3D world with everything, you know? And exactly. then when our machine breaks down and we get out of it, we go somewhere else to go do the next level thing, you know? And, it's, and that's why this world is so temporary for you. It's a, it's a learning stage and how to begin doing whatever it is we do before we go on to the next one because it just keeps getting better and better down the road, you know? Right. From the higher self's perspective, this world is a playground of experience. Yeah. I mean, mean, still take some of the stuff that we're doing seriously, but at the same time, what is it we gain from it? What are the lessons that we're picking up from it? When I do shadow work, we go into the dark night of the soul from the higher self perspective. Like, what's the higher self getting out of your whole life falling apart? And then what are the lessons that you're going to gain? Because when you move to the afterlife, you can't take the money, the house, the riches, all that, but you can take what you gain from the experiences, good or bad. And that's what what we're looking for in this life is what are we gaining from all these experiences? Exactly that, you know, and that's all this world is from the second you're born, you're just processing information and learning. Uh, and then at the final part of the trip, you know, 75 years down, whatever it is, when it's time to go, uh, you take what you learned with you. And, and we learn a lot of stuff, but we don't need to take all that information with us. We take the, the most important lessons with us that helps us get to the next level because it's the old saying you know the stairway to heaven you have to learn this level so you can reach a sense of enlightenment to get to the next step we do that and then we just keep going and getting better and better and the end of the, and the end of the tunnel over there is a big old party saying man this is good stuff up here looking down there that's crazy heck yeah you know, and that, that's what it's really all about exactly so don't sweat the small stuff. Enjoy the moment, even if it's a little bit scary, even if it's a little bit hairy or sometimes devastating. You know, embrace the moment for what it is and you'll move through it. That's right. We all get through it. Everything shall pass. Nothing, nothing bad is going to continue to destroy your life. It's going to move on. Exactly. That is the basic fundamental nature of our universe is creative and to build and to grow, not to destroy. And those things that are destructive, they're only temporary. They come and they go and they're gone, which is why 
I don't think I've encountered too much of that demonic force that's out there is because it's destructive. It comes, it goes, it's gone. But those things that create, those things that build and the experiences we have from that, they just continue to compound and grow and they have that uh, that ability to continue existing. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely it. So everybody out there, you're watching My Darkest Hour, which is the podcast. You know this because you can see us now. It's not just a radio show anymore. So you can <laughs> see how beautiful I am and how great he looks here on, on camera. Look at that. Look at that beard. That's fantastic. Um, so we were talking to Kadrick Olson. Uh, please go to his website at kadrick.com. Um, we've been talking a little bit about Energy Matters spirituality, you know, lessons of life learning. Uh, for those who are in the California area that are coming to the Pacific Coast Paracon on June 3rd and 4th, and you can spend some time talking to Kedrick. He'll be showing you um, stuff that he does, talking about the, the, the classes that he teaches on the University Magicus um, class, you know, our school that we do. Uh, I have a couple of classes coming up on Saturday. It's going to be great. I hope you guys tune in and are able to be a part of that. Um, check out his website. You know, if you want to, you do uh, readings for people over the internet as well. Yep, so you, you betcha. I've got okay. a couple different forms, a couple different ways we can meet. We can do spirit readings where we basically do kind of a bit of a seance, bring the guides in and whatever needs to happen. And we can do some spiritual guidance, more of like training, one on one connecting. But yeah, we definitely do readings, trainings all that kind of stuff, one-on-one -on -one through Zoom with a phone, or if you're in the Denver area, I've got a great office we can meet in. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Uh, we are coming down to the end of the show. An hour goes by really fast, unfortunately. Um, thanks for coming on. I've been trying to get a time to have you come on the show um, to, to talk about what you do. Um, when we did, um, When you did your ceremony at Father Sebastian's Babylon, that was really awesome. I know you're, you're opening doorways and stuff. And I was sitting out of that far behind you and I could feel the energy changing as you were doing that, which was incredible. I'm like, oh, this is great stuff, you know. So I'm really happy that you're going to come join us out here in California and show people what that's all about. Because I, I believe you'll, you'll, you'll leave with a, a pretty big following of fans that want to talk to you and set up some love it. I'm looking forward to it. I love reaching out to more people to teach because... That's my place in this world is to teach people how to coexist with the paranormal and keep themselves safe with it. Absolutely. That's what we do. <laughs> yep. All right, buddy. Uh, I will talk to you soon. And uh, anything you want to promote coming up, let me know. Uh, I would love to spend some more time talking to you. So we're going to have to set up a follow-up show in a couple of months so we can continue our talks. So there's so many things we can continue talking about. Because uh, oh, yeah. I, I believe we have some great conversations from from now on. I'm glad glad we connected and glad we became friends. So I'm looking forward to many adventures. Me too. I'm really looking forward to talking with you more. Can't wait to see you in June. That's going to be great. Uh, yeah, this has been awesome. I loved it. I'd love to do this more. Definitely, let's be on and do this again. Uh, but yeah, my stuff going on. Check out definitely that website, kedrick.com. When you first get on there, you'll find a form where you can just put like your email in it and you can take a paranormal awareness test so you can kind of get like a hands-on experience it's a little video that you get to teach you what your paranormal abilities are 
And that will lead you to my teachable page where you find my online courses where I'll teach you everything about developing your paranormal abilities to shadow work because, you know, I'm not a light worker. I'm a shadow worker. I work on the darker side of spirituality to help you find your light. That's a little tagline I'm playing around with. <laughs> but yeah, check out my stuff. I got stuff all over YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Don't hesitate to reach out with any questions or thoughts. I'm always happy to entertain questions and help people out because that's my purpose in this life is to teach this stuff. So I look forward to connecting with all of you sometime. Thank you. Awesome. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds awesome. Thank you again for having me on. Enjoying this. All right. Awesome. So make sure you go to check out his website. He's going to be at the Paracon on June 3rd and 4th. So we can sit down and talk about many of the things. He'll be at his table. Don't be shy. That's what he's out here for. Like you said, he's here to teach. He's here to answer questions. Uh, he's doing some, some different stuff that I, I really enjoy. And I think a lot of you out there who want to follow and uh, learn more from him, uh, go ahead and sign up because it's great things. You know, I'm really into the ruins of some of the, the Nordic stuff, uh, a lot of traditional stuff, you know. So uh, I, I must have been a Viking in a different life. And I just really enjoy all of that because it sounds so familiar to me. A lot of you people ask about uh, my dreads and um, and my beads, and a lot of people don't realize that these are actually runes that are in my hair. I had them picked out with certain runes, and I had them woven into my dreads, which either makes me crazy or an absolute genius. So you pick. So that's going to be it for my darkest hour, you guys. I uh, want to give a shout out to my sponsors, of course, everybody at Paraflix University, Magicus, uh, Blog Talk Radio for hosting the audio for the radio show on liveparanormal.com. I uh, want to thank uh, Lizzie Wizzy's Crafty Creations for making us all those warm scarves and beanies when we're bouncing around in those asylums. And while we're bouncing around in those asylums in the dark, I want to give a shout out to P-Tech, Paranormal Technologies, who makes all of my infrared blocks all of my camera equipment, uh, keep me from hurting myself, letting me to see through my cameras exactly what I'm walking around in the dark. Let's go. So if you guys are going to go out there and investigate, remember to investigate safe. And we will see you next time right here on My Darkest Hour. See you guys later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.